0: So, Melissa, would you come? Okay. Good morning,
1: church. God is good. And all the time. Amen. Before the world was even created, Jesus held the keys to creation. His existence holds primacy over all things living and dead. The wonder of his presence is shouted by the heavens, and all things bow to him as he is their creator. He is our creator. It's hard to fathom that such an immense being reduced himself to humanity for the purpose of providing me with a path to salvation, and you guys too. God of wonders, Lord of heaven and earth, you have blessed me beyond measure. Hallelujah to the Lord of heaven and earth please stand
2: Lord of all creation of water, earth, and sky the heavens are your tabernacle The wonders beyond our our galaxy. galaxy. See you. Galaxy! Thanks Six-
1: Take my hand and pull me from the darkness. I fly through the universe on wings that you have provided, and I come to you to fall on my face in worship. You take my hand and stand me up and embrace me. I don't deserve your love, for I am a sinner. Yet you do love me, and I am yours. You are for me as I have never been for myself. I am healed as a sinner and devoted to worshiping you. You are my strength, my power, my healer, my God.
2: eyes of the blind, there's no one like you.
1: And if our God is with
2: us, then who could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then who could stand against? Then who could stand against? God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is here.
1: The purest of pure, the fairest of fair, that is our Lord Jesus in his mighty splendor. Every seam on his robe is perfectly sewn. Every jewel on his crown is free of blemish. His sword cuts through the hardest steel as if it were paper. The purest of love, he came for me to release me from the bondage of my sins. And free this wretched heart of misery and woe. He is my Savior. He is my Author. He is my ever present help in times of trouble. All glory and honor be yours, Almighty God.
2: There lord jesus
1: You please be seated. So, will you, as soon as I get this guitar off of me here, repeat with me? Okay. All right. The sun is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation; he is before all things. Oh, sorry. That was my oh, that's okay. Um, no, you got to go back, right? Oh no. Okay, sorry. That was my fault. All right. <laughs> For in him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him, all things hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is beginning and firstborn and among the dead so that in everything he might have supremacy for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So the Prince of Peace shed his blood on the cross to make a new way, uh, make a new way to worship. Offering a path to heaven through him, with him, and in him. J.B. Lightfoot says that God created the cosmos, not chaos, meaning that God not only created the universe, but he also created laws of order necessary to maintain it. Isn't that amazing? Oh my goodness. He is the head of our church, and we are the body. And he knows that he holds supremacy over all things living and dead. The Holy Spirit dwelling in Christ fills the atmosphere with his holy presence and promises universal peace at the end of days. Woe be to the enemies of God. They will in the end be forced into submission. But for believers, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit work together to create us, give us direction, And create a home for us when our frail bodies are spent. Oh God, you are my God. And I will ever praise you. Amen.
0: Today's 9-11. Right? How many of you remember exactly where you were when we got the news? Right? Right? Not only that. I'm old enough to remember November 22nd, 1962 or three. I don't remember. When John Kennedy, go watch it. <laughs> when when uh, John Kennedy, our president, was assassinated. Yes, 62, no, okay, 63? Oh, your assignment is to Google it at home, okay? <laughs> Chip will be used as an illustration next week. Um, <laughs> the, the other uh, incident was when, unfortunately, the space shuttle blew up, right? So, I mean, these are, how can I say it? These, these are things that I think some are a product of evil, we know that, okay? But whatever the reason, whatever the cause, God keeps us humble. Because in 9-11, we discovered that the oceans weren't our barriers anymore. And that we could easily be attacked. So I would like to remember those who gave their lives, the families, I would like to remember also our troops in the days that followed and our law enforcement uh, and the first responders because many of them lost their lives in the follow-up I remember one woman showing up at the church on 9-11 uh, and she said to me I thought it was all a movie and then she broke down in tears when the reality hit so we will never forget and I pray that we don't forget that what it cost this country to guard our freedom, even our freedom to meet here. Now, even with our uh, faults as a country and uh, the disagreements and all that goes on in politics, we still have the greatest country in the world. But it's time God bless, let me reverse that. It's time that the church blesses God. Because for too long, the church has become narcissistic. You know what that means? We have become selfish. We think it's about us, and it's not about us at all. It's all about Jesus Christ. So let's take a minute, pause, and pray. And... um, we have remember those families who lost loved ones uh, children, great-grandchildren by now. And uh, also, um, we, I want to lift up <coughs> Gloria and our family up that in these coming days that uh, he will continue to comfort us uh, in the shadows of my brother being called home, okay? Let's pray. Father... Um, sometimes we have very short memories just like the Hebrews had even after an incredible deliverance from slavery within a matter of a day or so the Hebrews started to grumble and they forgot the miracle of grace that you performed Father, on the day this country was attacked by evil, by people who had no good intent but to destroy our freedom, our way of life, and to hurt innocent people and terrorize them. In that moment, Father, we were humbled In that moment, we had no choice but to look to you. And in the days following for about four to six weeks, churches were packed. Then all of a sudden, churches started to diminish and are still diminishing today. Father, may we never forget your hand of grace, especially on this country. May we always pray for the men, the women, in the military, the law enforcement, first responders, who serve and protect. We pray for those families who lost loved ones through the the attack on the World Trade Center, the Pentagon, and Flight 92. Comfort those families today that these people's deaths were not in vain, but they were some very brave people who did some very brave things on that day. And Father, I thank you. Thank you for all the prayers, all the support. Thank you on behalf of the Salivari and Responti families for seeing us through um, a time of mourning. And Father, we will trust you going forward to bring healing, and hope, as you so often do. And Father, I pray this in the precious name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and all God's people said. Amen. I thought it would be appropriate today, and, and the praise team is so good with me because they, they put up with my nonsense you know, sometimes, uh, that we honor uh, America, we honor the fallen by singing God bless America. Can we do that, please? America. Oh, America the Beautiful, thank you. My brain's still in a fog. So, <laughs> America the Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs>
2: For spacious skies, for amber waves of grain For purple mountains' majesties above the fruited plain America, America, God shed his grace on thee Crown my good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. Oh, beautiful for pilgrim feet who stern in stress. A thoroughfare for freedom beat across the wilderness. God mend thine every flaw. Confirm thy soul in self-control, thy liberty and law. O oh, beautiful for heroes proved in liberating strife than self their country love and mercy more than life america america may god thy gold refine till all success be nobleness and every gain divine Oh, beautiful for patriot dream That sees beyond the years Thine alabaster cities gleam Untamed by human tears America, America God shed his grace on thee and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea.
1: God bless America.
0: If I can uh, get a couple of people to come and we'll wait upon you for tithes and offerings. Uh, As they come, uh, let me just pray for the offering. Father, it is a privilege to give back to you what belongs to you already. You've blessed us in miraculous ways. You keep shelter over our heads, food on the table. All good things come from you, Father, and we thank you. And so, Father, as we continue to worship, we worship in our giving. May these funds be used for the furtherance of your kingdom. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, um, I I did lose a brother this past week, but God gives me other brothers, and uh, last week uh, when Dr. Fuji called me and said, I'll preach for you Sunday, you need a break, I said, but you got your own church. He says, don't worry about it, I'm coming. I said, well, thank you. And then... I reached out to my brother Angel a while ago, and I said, Angel, when God calls my brother home, would you please fill in for me? Because the way it worked out was uh, yesterday was the memorial service, and I knew I would be exhausted today. And Angel said, of course, I'd be, I'd be happy to. Uh, Angel's been a great brother in Christ. He's, he has been here a lot. You all know him. And um, if you don't know him, get to know him. Uh, Angel is what I call bivocational, he's got a hard job by the way, uh, but in his spare time he ministers for the Lord Jesus Christ, and so would you welcome Angel as he brings the word to us from Luke uh, chapter 8, and uh, he's going to talk about hanging on by a thread. Have you been there? I think we all have. Brother? come forward
3: okay good morning god bless you all you know it's funny because when people say to me uh god bless you angel i say god bless you more you know (laughs) god bless you more right and uh I tell you, one of the things about living uh, the Christian life, uh, and one time somebody said, you know, asked the question, what is the Christian life? And I've heard so many people try to basically explain it, right, in short term. And the Christian life is actually the human life, okay, of Jesus Christ. Or to say, it's actually the life that God lived as a human, That's what the Christian life is, you know. And so we are so fortunate and so blessed to now be on this path of this Christian life or to live, okay, the human life experiences from the actual place and from the spirit of Christ himself. And so that's why our journey is one that is so unique uh, because our experiences, well, When we experience things now that we are in Christ, we have more insight. The Spirit of God then leads us to look deeper into the human dilemma. Uh, He causes us to look inwardly into the human heart. And then he actually moves us like he moved Christ to actually move in a way that is far superior than what we see in the normal human life. So that when people do see the acts of kindness that we do bestow on people and the love of God that we do bestow on people, even our enemies, uh, people will say, well, that's definitely Jesus. That, that just is not normal. And that is where we demonstrate that the light of God actually dwells in us because we are the children of our Heavenly Father. We are born of Christ and born in Christ. Um, this morning in my devotional um, which is something I'll discuss a little bit during the message. Um, I was just thanking the Lord for a seat at his table and the fact that we are all going to be seated in the grand halls in the wedding feast of the Lamb and the level of celebration there, human mind, uh, of the most brilliant human minds that have ever been born in this planet cannot conceive what's waiting for us, Right? So that's why we persevere, because there is a day of fellowship that is going to just bless the Father, bless the Son, and bless the Holy Spirit. And it's, it's really looking forward, and that's the way the Christian life is. It's forward thinking, right? So today, uh, I want to bring this word to you. Uh, it's found in Luke chapter 8. We're going to read from verse 40. I know I said verse 41, but we're just going to go back one verse, right? Just one verse. Uh, And we're going to read from that verse, verse 40, all the way to 48. Amen? Amen. Are we ready? Okay. And it says And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet. And besought him that he would come into his house. For he had one only daughter, about twelve years of age. And she lay a dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. And a woman, having an issue of blood twelve years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood stanched. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throng thee and press thee and sayest thou, Who touched me? And Jesus said, Someone had touched me, for I perceived that virtue is gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him, She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. Amen. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for the reading of your word. But, oh, Father, what makes this even more special is the presence of God here, the presence of God in each and every one of your children. And I thank you for that tangible presence. Father, thank you for the comfort that you are providing. Father, for the family, oh Lord God, that is going through this morning period. I thank you, oh Lord Jesus, for sending the comforter for moments just like this. I thank you so much for thinking of all of us during those times. Lord, I ask that you bless every hearer of the word that is here today. Let your words go forth. Let your will be done. And may the Spirit's power bring glory to the Father in touching hearts, refreshing the soul, and renewing the Spirit. This I ask and this I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So um, I want to talk about today, uh, like I said, the theme is called Hanging On by a Thread. It's funny how we coined the term that when we ask or see somebody that we haven't seen in a while, or we see them, we say, hey, how you doing today? I'm hanging on by a thread. And so when we hear that, we immediately perceive that the person is going through a struggle, and they're going through something that's trial-based, or, you know, basically something of a tribulating factor. And we understand that they're going through a distress. And so we say, well, they're hanging on. So that means that it's really tough, right? But it's interesting that in the book of Genesis, God provided the first thread the thread of hope that the Father gave to us in Genesis was after the fall by telling us of the one who is to come. That is why when God spoke his first prophetic word, God being the first prophet, right? Because when God establishes the ministry of the prophet and he establishes that ministry on earth, who better than God himself to be the first prophet of that ministry? So therefore, in Genesis, God provides this thread when he tells us of the one who was to come and the one who would crush the head of the serpent. We should take that every day as a moment of celebration, because from that moment on, humanity, those that receive this actual word that has served as a thread through the believing community all the way from Genesis to the present day, We understand that that thread is full of so much light and so much power that it has brought people to a place of healing that they cannot comprehend. That is why when we see in Genesis in the actual model of the actual Holy Spirit moving in power, we see both the Word spoken and the Spirit moving. It is to say that the Word and the Spirit are one and can never be separated. Where you see the Word, you see the Spirit. That is why when we see Jesus walking in the New Testament, we see what? The manifestation also of the Holy Spirit's power. When we see Christ, we see the image of the Father. As it says in the New Testament, that in Him is the fullness of the Godhead or the Trinity completely. Isn't that something? That when we see Jesus, we see the actual fullness of the Trinity in Him. Now, getting back to Genesis before I get into these texts, we understand that in Genesis it says that the earth was actually in chaos. It was in darkness. It was empty. It was void. We see that the condition of the earth was in a very dark, dark place. But we see the transcendent power of the Holy Spirit and the Word, that they are above these things. It is to say that when we suffer and we are going through our moments where we feel empty, we feel we are in chaos, we feel a void in our life, or we feel that we just don't know what is going on and that we sense the clouds of darkness moving in, we have to understand that the Spirit of God who now dwells in us, as Paul said that we are now the temples of the Holy Spirit, that the Spirit of God is still moving in me. It is to give us the hope and the actual assurance that there are things that try to hold us back, but we have to let the world know that it is too late, because now Christ the Father and the Holy Spirit has come to make its habitation within our hearts, and we are moving forward, even when our flesh is telling us that we cannot. When we see that in Genesis, we see that the earth actually had to go through its own healing process. It is so powerful that when God releases the first word and says, let there be light, God was releasing light into a place that needed the actual healing power because of the fact that there was darkness prior to. When we see God making a separation and putting things in order, one of the things about healing when it takes place, it is that it takes precedent and priority to bring things in its proper place. That is why the devil hates the gospel. He hates it so much because when the gospel comes, not just to the ears only, but when the gospel is received within the heart of man, he knows that now the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit begin a work to put things in its proper place. The devil loves chaos, that's why he hates the gospel. Because he knows that there is no other healing message with true effective power to actually mend the broken bridge between humanity and God than the gospel message. The gospel message is so so powerful that it contains supernatural power, not just emotional strength. Not just that it affects us in a physical way, that it gives us goosebumps when we think about the fact that somebody on a dark day died for me and shed every drop of his blood. Not just for me, because when I have to measure the blood and think about every micro dot of that blood vessel, I say it was enough to cover all humanity. God is so serious about healing us. That when in Genesis after the fall, he begins to psychologically now, Pastor Lou, deal with the actual torment that is within humanity, because humanity fled when it heard the presence of God moving in the garden, and God approaches humanity. And humanity then, under that guilt and the weight and the power and the dominion of sin, then says, I heard you walking and I was afraid for I was naked. God then begins the psychological work and then to deal with the trauma effect of what sin had now brought in to then say to man, who told you you were naked? Because a true psychologist and a good psychologist always goes to the real root of the issue. A real healer. That is why when the Father sent His Son, and I love how it says it in Psalm 107, verse 20, and He sent His Word, and He healed them all, and He saved them from death and destruction. That is why Jesus being in our life, it is not a casualty. It is not something of coincidence. It is something of a healing factor. Something was broken and made sick by sin. And God moved towards us with compassion to heal us, not to break us down, not to bring us to a place to look at our spiritual sickness, to cause us to feel this overwhelming sense of guilt and to make us feel this darkness within my soul that I know I can't save myself. But he comes to us to let us know your father is here. I have sent myself through your older brother, the son of God to bring healing to you, to bring healing to your heart, to bring healing to our relationship, to bring healing to your mind, to give you a real assurance. That's why when I provided the thread in the garden, that thread was so powerful that it passed through all the way from Noah's house to Enoch, to Abraham, to the patriarchs, through the people of Israel, through even Gentiles like Ruth. The thread was passed down through human history, so that this way, when it would come to us, we would have the experience, like the woman with the issue of blood, when we would see Christ, to many, he is nothing, he is small, but to us, he is more than enough. He is that thread of light in the Jewish community. If you study Judaism for any time, uh, if you ever go through Lakewood, And you see them on their holy day of Sabbath. uh, You see that they're wearing what's called the talit, which is the prayer shawl. And you see the strings, right? You guys have seen that, right? Okay, so now on the talit, right, there are four corners, right? And each corner, that is actually in Judaism called the wing, right? That in connection to the law of Moses and then the inspiration to the prophet when he says, under thy wings there is healing, Because they were actually alluding to the fact of praying to God under the shelter of the Talit. And they were saying, okay, while we hold on to the cords, because each knot represents the law of Moses. And they believed that in connection to holding on to those strings that are on the wings, that they could receive by faith supernatural healing. Isn't that something? And the fact is, is that while they are holding on to something material, we are holding on to the immaterial God. Their talik could be stolen from them. Their talik could be lost. It could be burnt up in fire. It could be damaged. But the true shelter and the true refuge can never be marred. He can never be blemished He is always accessible. He is real to us. He talks to us. He is not an inanimate object. He is an actual living person. Here in the verse it says, And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had one only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay a-dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. The people knew the reputation of Jesus Christ as teacher. They knew him as preacher. But they also saw the miraculous power that he had. A lot of people in this planet, they want healing of all types. Like I mentioned, the Holy Spirit has had me doing something every morning, and it's not to say that I don't pray, but he's added a dynamic to my prayer life in the past month now. The dynamic is this. uh, Before I go into my time with the Lord, I actually put my cell phone and I put... Uh, soft worship music, just instrumental, and sometimes they do sing, and so I put that on in the room, because I'm a firm believer, okay, uh, I don't know about you, but I do believe in supernatural power, right, because that's the power that the Holy Spirit works through, right, so I put that on, and I try not to wake up my family, and I allow that music to play in the room, then I'm going to pray, right, to prepare the atmosphere, so to speak, I go get ready, and then I come into the room, and it's like, it's on. Now it's like, I want to talk to my God, right? So then, during that course of time and that devotional, on it doesn't have to be something legalistic where if it's not an hour, it's nothing. You know, I used to think like that. But then when I studied the prayers of Jesus, I said, that's interesting. Uh, one of Jesus' most powerful prayers was, Father, I thank you because you always hear me, Right? It wasn't inundated with a lot of talking. It was just inundated and submerged with truth. And so during that time, there's a time of worship. There's a time to praise. There is a time to actually pierce the atmosphere with something that has basically escaped a lot of communities, right, within society now, which is a spirit of gratitude. There is so much of a lack of gratitude, Okay, and that has come in like dark clouds over this earth. The Bible teaches us, in actual, the Psalms, it says, oh, give thanks to the Lord, right? That is an actual command. And so what happens is, is that during that time, in sensing the presence of God, then there's a time to present the petitions. But the Spirit of God put in my heart that every day I am to ask for healing. Healing, not just for myself, it's not that I'm ill, but the fact is, is that from our trajectories of where we have come from prior to Christ and the things that we have suffered, we actually have to invite the Holy Spirit to pour the healing grace of Christ that we are so saturated with this wholeness that it brings us to a place of transformation. And therefore, from there, he shifts me after praying healing over people and over pastors that I know. Uh, Then it's to pray for the nation and to pray for the churches of America, to pray for the pastors in America, for the leaderships uh, in the churches of America because brothers and sisters, we are at a time that the enemy is trying to infect the church with so many lies and make churches sick with false doctrines and false teachings that actually cause men to put their eyes on men And not on the true healer who is the Christ. In this particular account we see a ruler who actually Jairus was a teacher. A very powerful teacher of the synagogue. So much so when it talks about ruler it talks about his actual rank and position in that particular synagogue. And it's interesting because a teacher goes looking for a teacher. And this time this teacher goes looking for a teacher who has the power to heal. Heal. Because of what was going on in the home. And it was so much so that it had affected him. And so what Jairus didn't know was that he was set up by the Father and the Holy Spirit. Because it was time in Jairus' life to come in contact with the Christ. In this particular account, it talks about how he fell at the feet of Jesus. And it says that everybody was waiting for him, right? Right? Everybody was waiting for Jesus to see him do something, right? To receive some type of impartation. And so during that process, then all of a sudden we hear the severity or the gravity of the situation in Jairus home, because it talks about a child. Many of you who have known me now through all the years that I've been here, okay, know what I went through with my son and his passing at the age of 10. And I love what Pastor Lou said about his brother. In the moment that he was caught up and taken home, he was healed. Someone once asked me, how do you feel about that, that your son lost his, his battle with cancer? I say he didn't lose. But he died. I said, oh no, he's very much alive. He's just home resting in the Father's glory. And the day will come when he will return with the Christ and he will take up that body and there... The fulfillment of the scripture will be, O death, where is thy victory? Right? That's why we in the body of Christ do not see the separation between spirit and body the same way the world does. Because we know that everyone who has gone forward is actually returning. They are returning to take up those bodies. And those bodies will be then transcended into a glorified state. So now let's look at this woman. It says she's been sick for 12 years, right? We know she had money, right? Because it says that she spent all her living on these physicians. Interesting how we live in an age where self-help now is become one of the most marketed things right now. You could always just put a slash next to self-help and just put humanism. Man is still trying to basically subvert the scriptures by thinking he can heal himself of his deepest ills. Without acknowledging that the sciences that we have of healing actually all come from God. God has so many, so many avenues to manifest his glory through healing. One time he told the people of Israel, okay, that those that had been bitten by snakes, as mentioned in Psalm 107... He told Moses, okay, this is what you're going to do. You're going to take a a brazen serpent. You're going to make this serpent, okay, out of bronze. You're going to put it on the staff. Then you're going to make the whole congregation of Israel walk by this thing. And when they look upon this thing, they are actually going to be touched by my power so that they could be made whole. They did it. And those that believe were made whole. The problem with many is that when they put their eyes on the object and not their ears upon the one who directs us to the places of healing. That is where frustration of faith takes place. Because, man, you know how we are as human. We just want to put God in a box so that we can just say, okay, thank you, God. We'll take it from here. Okay. Uh, We'll mass market this thing. Okay. Okay. And thank you so much. And if we feel like calling you to the executives' meetings, well, we'll just call you. But we got this healing thing under wraps now, right? And here's this woman who had spent all her living on these physicians, and we see her hope. But what she didn't know is that she was being pulled by that thread. Her journey began, her healing journey began within the course of the 12 years, Pastor. Pastor. The moment she began, she didn't know that she was already marked by God to actually have the encounter 12 years later with the Christ. And so while she is moving towards the healing, God is actually moving and actually transforming her faith till her faith is perfected in Christ. God works like that in our own humanity. How many of us have placed faith in things that ultimately let us down? We've either thrown it in the trash or we said, I'll never listen to that guy again. I'll never read those books again. I'll never call this person again. Yeah, it's healing. Because the fact is, is that when it says that God is love, you can actually put right next to that, God is healing. He is the healer. And so we see this woman and she is pressing through 12 years, 12 agonizing years of separation Imagine the psychological damage that she was going through because in the community and due to the law of Moses and what it imposed, she could not have certain types of relations with people because the scripture says that if she was to actually be within the company of people and kept the secret of what she was going through, she was to be put to death. And now imagine this woman going to bed every day thinking, I'd like to talk to somebody. I'd like to actually sit at a table with someone and just open my heart, but I can't even do that. But what she didn't realize is that the day was already prepared. Many of us, when we pray and we ask the Lord, Lord, help me to deal with this thing inwardly. Help me to deal with this broken relationship. Lord, help me to deal with this situation at work. And we need healing. We need transformation. We need God to actually touch because everything the Holy Spirit touches, He heals. Everything the Holy Spirit transformed, it is the result of His healing work in us. And so then... She comes to herself in one gospel and she says, if I can only touch the hem of his garment. One actual translation said, if I can touch the actual string of his prayer shawl. Some scholars believe that Jesus, being a rabbi, they believe that he actually wore his prayer shawl, not on the outside, but on the inside. And that the strings actually hung down That is what these scholars came to? Hey, I'll take it because if if it's connected to Christ and truth, okay, let's go with that. And the fact is, is that it says, they say that when she was reaching, she was actually reaching for just one string, just one string on that prayer trough. Interesting how many of us have gone through moments where we just feel, Lord, if If I could just sense your presence, it'll give me enough strength to deal with what I'm dealing with. Lord, if I can just feel an ounce, a micro ounce of your presence and of your grace and your courage, I can face this. Lord, I'm hanging on by a thread. But it's interesting because the Father and the Holy Spirit, right, they have connected us to the most powerful thread in the universe, through Christ we are now, we have now this connection, this eternal connection to the healer, to the transformer, to God be all the glory and blessed is his holy name. We have this connection, the enemy and his fury with the believer is that now this believer is sealed with the Holy Spirit and now he has this eternal connection that he can ask for healing anytime he needs it. The Holy Spirit has had me praying all types of healing every day in my devotionals. Every day is a new type. Every day is something else that the Spirit of God impresses upon my heart. There's been people that have been going through so many situations. The other day, the Holy Spirit had me praying uh, for healing for people who have been suffering from codependency issues. Because from the codependency, then they become people pleasers and no longer God pleasers. Everything is, if I can just fix this, then they'll like me. And that's not healthy spirituality. And so, the other day the Holy Spirit had me praying, Lord, heal those that have been living on the broken road for too long. Broken dreams, broken relationships, broken hope, broken faith, broken love, broken souls. Lord, we need that healing. I am asking according to your word because you are that healer. If I cry to you for healing for your people, Lord, I know you will listen. I know you will release that power. The other thing is, is releasing the name of Jesus over the family members. Because there is power and there is healing in the name of Jesus. When we release the name of Jesus, we are releasing the ultimate authoritative name in the universe. If there's any type of atmosphere in the home that is contentious, I challenge you to get up or to set some time aside in your day, specifically to show God and demonstrate to God your faith, because it says here that everybody was waiting. Pastor Lou, everybody's waiting for Jesus, right? But the Spirit of God that leads us to Jesus, He is moving. He is not static, nor is He stagnant. That's why to grow in Christ, we have to continue to move. We have to continue when the Holy Spirit says, we cannot stay here in this place. We cannot stay in this particular juncture of your growth because there is so much about him I want to reveal to you. Peter tried that one day in the Mount of Transfiguration. When Moses and Elijah appeared on the mountain and then all of a sudden they saw the light and they saw the glory coming through the Christ and they heard the father's voice. That was such an incredible moment to Peter's faith that Peter said, no, we're staying here. We're not going down the mountain. We're going to stay right here. Lord, I'd like to make a tent, okay, for Moses, one for Elijah, one for us, one for you. And I'd like to stay here. And Jesus said, Peter, we cannot stay here. We have to go down. We have to keep going. And so what happens is, is that when we look at this woman with the issue of blood, the grace and the mercy of God to look at a human life, even when they don't know the Christ, but that person has the hand of God on them to bring them to that encounter, God is bringing us into that encounter through the, even the smallest amount of faith. And that is enough for God. How many of us have gone through situations where we felt that we were so overwhelmed by what we were experiencing that our own flesh was telling us, you don't have enough faith to get through this. You do not have enough faith. Oh, they'll get the miracle, but not you. (coughs) Then the devil comes in and says, that faith? Oh my gosh, to move that mountain? Huh, you don't have that. You don't have that. But the scripture says that God has given to every man a measure of faith. Praise God that each of us have a measure of faith given to us to bring us to that day in those encounters with the Christ where we say, Lord, it was enough. That faith was enough. Jairus had enough faith to acknowledge that Jesus was this great teacher and healer. But he still needed to experience something in the journey. It wasn't enough. Jairus, yes, you fell at his feet. You acknowledge, yes, he is this great teacher that God is using. Yes, the Holy Spirit is using him to do these miracles. Yes, you fell at his feet. But Jairus, there is something else you need to see, and it's on the way to healing. What does Jairus witness? He witnesses this person pressing through the crowd because class was in session oh man can you imagine that sometimes that god just takes us on these roads and then we're waiting with expectancy for something we believe that god uses this person but we don't really acknowledge the one who dwells in the person oh pastor angel he he has this gift to do this and do this it's not me i'm just a shell it is the glory of God in me, and it is the same person that dwells in each and every one of you. All of you have the faith to move mountains. All of you. And so on the way to Jairus' house, Jesus is like, Yeah, there's, we have to go through a little class here on the way to your house, Jairus. Okay? And on the way to Jairus' house, the woman, she presses through the crowd... I would imagine that maybe when she threw herself on the floor just to touch that hem, she might have gotten kicked. Dirt got in her mouth. She got dirty. All of these things she suffered, but the one constant was her eyes were on the Christ. If I could just touch him, it'll be more than enough. If I could just come within that proximity... That's all I need. That's that's it. My issue, my issue may be great to him, but that thread right there, that connection between him, that is just enough. That is more than enough to have overwhelming power over what I am going through. The power of God is overwhelming power. It is so overwhelming that when the demons they saw Jesus, they said, "We know who you are. You are the Christ." You are the anointed one of the Father, the holy one of the Father. They were so overwhelmed by that glory that they begged Jesus, please don't torment us. One time in a conversation, people were talking about the degree of power of demons and principalities. And I says, oh, you think that's terrifying? They were like, yeah, that's bad, Pastor. I mean, like, think about it. What they can I says, okay. I says, let's think of it in this term. If those powers were terrified and they bring terror to humans, then what is it that gives them terror? And they thought for a moment, well, that's Jesus. And I said, so imagine how terrifying that power is. There is no comparison. He is creator, we are creation. And so the woman pressing through She touches him. Jesus then says, who touched me? You know, I love the fact that, (laughs) Pastor Lou, you can appreciate this, right? And it's not to ascribe glory to, to Socrates, right? But the first one who invented answering questions with questions was God. Not Socrates, right? Of course, those in the philosophical community, they say, oh, that's Socratic thinking. That you actually answer a question with a question. Jesus asked the question, who touched me? And of course, class was still in session. But for who this time? For his disciples and followers. Because I would imagine now the disciples would be like, what do you mean touched? Uh, Everybody's touching you. They didn't get it. They missed it right there. God doesn't mind when we miss it. Okay? And it's good that we miss it. Because if we think we have it, then we actually don't. And it's good when we miss it, because then he could reveal and then actually tell us, well, I I felt virtue leave me. I felt power just come out of my being. Okay, And somebody got healed. He knew the woman was healed. The question is, is that did the crowd know who they were actually pressing against? The world does not know who they are pressing against. They are pressing against Jesus. But if the world actually knew that he is the Christ, the one that can take us to so many diverse places of healing, the one who listens for the cry of the intercessor every morning, asking for healing of all types, healing for the home, healing for the youth, healing for the generation, healing for the mind, healing for businesses, healing for the economy, healing for the government, healing for the churches. There are so many things of healing that we can ask for. And what we need is for those individuals or those organizations to make that connection with the Christ. Because only he can provide that. And so he sees her and he says, daughter, be of good comfort. Verse 48, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. One of the things about healing is the actual provision of peace that comes with it. No one can give us a peace greater than God. I exalt God because that's the business I'm in. And I love it because it's the truth. Everybody always asks me, but Pastor, why does it take so long? I say, what's the rush? (laughs) What's the rush? What would you rather like? Would you rather like the healing and then to walk away and know this much about God? Or would you rather, in the course of the journey... Receive the healing as you are progressively moving in your healing every day. And then get to know your God that much. Because that's what you need. That's the actual manifestation of the Spirit's ministry in the human life. It is to reveal the glory, the immeasurable glory of the Son. And the grace of the Father towards us. Imagine now Jairus now seeing this and witnessing this now all of a sudden realizes, wait a minute, he's not just a healer, he's God in the flesh. I cannot teach the law the way I used to teach it. Because now I understand that he is the actual law. He is God in the flesh. And the fact is, is that for many of us who study scripture, we understand that when they got to Jairus' house, what does Jesus do? He gives them instruction When he first asked the question, who believes that she's going to awaken? They laughed. Jesus tells Jairus, kick them all out. Get them out of the house. Right? Because when God is moving us into the places of healing, you have to be careful who you surround yourself with. Because there will be people that will basically try to thwart your faith. And Jesus is dealing with our faith personally. I thank God for the actual connection that we have on a daily basis. It is a connection that is so powerful that it's moving us towards eternity. Can you imagine 10,000 years from now? Can you imagine 150,000 years from now that we're actually going to be having conversations and talking, living in perfect harmony, living in this glory? I pose that question many times to students when I teach courses, and they're like, what do you mean, pastor? I was like, you do know what eternity means, right? (laughs) I had one person say to me, well, I can see, like, maybe living 2,000 years, but then, you know, don't we die off? And I said, oh, my gosh. Um, No, eternity, okay, is actually the transcendent platform over the dimension of time. And the book of Revelation teaches you that when Jesus hands everything over to the Father after the 1,000-year reign, eternity will completely swallow up the dimension of time so that there is no more measure of time. That is incredible. And to think that all of us here are going to be a part of that, all Right? So as far as if you feel that you're hanging on by a thread, I'm here to tell you that thread is enough. His name is Jesus, and he is more than enough to release that virtue and to release that power to give you all the courage, all the strength, all the valor, all the wisdom, all the guidance that you need in order to bring you to that place of wholeness. To God be the glory. Amen. Amen.
0: You're welcome. Great word. Were you blessed by angel? Okay. You know, I, I didn't know what Angel was going to preach on until Thursday or Friday, I believe. And, and I uh, picked the music well before that. But God always knows what he's doing, right? And the song we're going to end with is Resurrection Power. <laughs> Talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. Res- and we live in resurrection power. So will the praise team come forward? and thank you brother you're welcome great word great word if you're able would you stand please
2: You called me from the grave by name. You called me out of all my shame. I see the old has passed away. us freedom no longer and by sin in darkness living in the light of your goodness, goodness you have I've given done. us freedom I'm dressed in your You have given us freedom, no longer am by sin and darkness, living in the light of your goodness. You have given us freedom, freedom, you have given us freedom, you have given us freedom. Given us freedom. Given us freedom. My chains are gone, freedom, you have given freedom given us freedom. Hallelujah. Freedom, you have given us freedom. You have given us freedom. My chains are gone. Freedom, you have given us freedom. You have given us freedom. Resurrection power, living on the inside, no longer bound by sin and darkness, living on the light of your goodness, you have given us freedom, I have resurrection power on the inside, Jesus, you have given us freedom, no longer bound by sin and darkness, living in the light of your goodness, you have given us freedom.
0: time.
1: God is good.
0: I want to thank our guests for coming today. Thank you for sharing this with us and I pray you were blessed. Uh, please say hello to our guests after the, the service. Let's ask God to dismiss, dismiss us in his power. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. <coughs> Father, what a what a great way to accent the message today that those who have trusted Christ as Lord and Savior have the Holy Spirit living in them for it was the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead that power is available to all of us and so Father I pray that as we leave this place you would help empower all of us to advance the kingdom for your glory not for ours help us to love others Help us to build relationships and give us opportunity to point them to the grace of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And will give you all the glory. And all God's people said? Amen. Amen. God bless and you're dismissed.